Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about time about. for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Hey, good morning, folks. Morning, everyone. <laughs> we are here. We are live. It's another edition of Mortgage Matters. On this super rainy Saturday. Yeah. What's with the all these storms getting hyped and then kind of fizzling, fizzling out? Yeah. This is like Fizzle Nino. <laughs> El Fizzo. Don't you think? Yeah, I was expecting so much more hype. than normal. <laughs> yeah. That's where we're at. We're just hovering around normal. But, but it's better than... Less than normal. Less than a lot less than normal. <laughs> In California, normal. Yeah. Drought. Nah. Felt like I was anticipating these great rains for like two years now. and I just feel a little sad. Remember those years ago when it rained and slow so hard that it like filled up the streets? It was like 98. I remember being like out in South Hygiene in like knee deep water. You remember that? You guys didn't have that? No. Don't remember that? Jim? I mean, I remember big rains back in the, when I first moved here in yeah. the 99. That's what yeah, I was picturing this year. I wanted to see that a few times. Mm hmm. Yeah, we get those years every so often, you know, as I was kind of hoping for that this year, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. I was here the year the Pismo Pier came crashing into the water. That was kind of fun. Oh, what year was that? Uh, back in the 80s, I think. Wow. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was not around then. Yeah, but believe me, it actually did the pier a huge favor. Yeah. We got a new pier out of it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so what's new? How's it going? It's going great. Going great. This is the tax days uh, week here beginning. Everybody's got to be getting their tax stuff together. Get your form. Hopefully you're all done. This is when you just figure out whether you've got the accountant that does the extend. <laughs> right. <laughs> the extend and file later or the got her done on time. But everybody's either really happy this week to be getting some money back or really disappointed to be writing another check. That uh, Why is it on the 18th this year, do you know? There's some obscure holiday on the 15th in one state. Emancipation Day is in Washington, D.C. I was reading yeah. this yesterday. <laughs> Apparently it does to do with the Emancipation Proclamation and Lincoln and somehow... Um, Washington celebrates it. Awesome. As a formal holiday. So a lot of the government not, that's offices. It's not even a state. I know. But the government offices are closed <laughs> on Emancipation Day in Washington. Cool. So we get. So everybody gets a couple extra when it, days. When it follows on, on the weekend, yeah. but then they take the Friday before off because it happened to fall on the weekend. Now you get until April 18th to do it because April 15th is Friday. So it's a rare thing. It's a very rare thing. Huh. Yeah. Awesome. But see, the Emancipation Day falls on the weekend. They take the Friday before off. Ah. Uh, see. Yeah. Well, I got my checks in the mail a week early. 
Let's look up Emancipation Day. Like a good boy. See what they can do with the extra money for. Well, I already have my refund. Wait, I got a refund this year. I know. That anyway. just means you paid in too much too soon. Yeah, see, there it is. You do a better job of that. Mm -hmm. Or do you do it? You're one of those guys that does it on purpose. Uh, I do it on purpose. Yeah, because you like getting that chunk of money back at, you know, in April. Yeah. Uh -huh. Even when I was a, like, refund kind of candidate, I usually tried to break it even because I didn't like getting, you know, I'd rather have the money in the month than the government try to, like, force save it for me and give it to me later. I don't know. I'm not a big tax guy, though. Not a big fan. Don't love it. <laughs> yeah, it's, you should it poll people. See who loves taxes. <laughs> yeah, it says right here. You can thank Washington D.C. for the gift. Washington will celebrate Emancipation Day on April 15th, which means all the government offices are closed. Ah, uh, that's why we get until April 18th. Is that a gift? That's just one more weekend to worry about it. <laughs> if you got it done on the Friday, then you can rest easy that weekend. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Unless it's like that college paper where you're doing the all-nighter the night before because you knew it was coming. Yeah. You knew it was going to happen, but you just didn't do it. It's weird, though. I mean, even my car insurance is actually due on Friday, but I have until the 18th to pay it because the office somehow will be closed. Hmm. Sweet. So I can't technically go in there. and or I can't. I guess I, I could send the check, you know, but um, yeah, it's weird. Interesting. Well, perhaps we should talk about some things, um, you know, related to housing and economics. What do you think about that? Let's do it. I see you got some clips. I saw. Um, you know how I. You know how I do the Tribune these days. Oh, I didn't. Just oh, online. The Facebook app. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even think you can like. You have to be a paying member to go to the Tribune website and read the stories there anymore. I think. Or at least it, something like that was happening that discouraged. It broke I my behavior. I have the Tribune app. Do you? But I'm also a subscriber. So right. Maybe that's why. Yeah. So, yeah, they post on Facebook. They put the articles up there. Mm -hmm. And I I saw several this week that I was just sure that you were going to end up clipping out. Some of the local stuff? Yeah, yeah. Local numbers about things that we've been talking about on national levels. Yeah. Local jobs, local housing. It's exciting stuff. It is. Before you read that, though, yeah. I want to ask you, uh, um, I wonder if either of you will get this right. Jim, I'm going to let you participate as well. I am ready. Sounds like a quiz. Pop quiz. Yeah, I'm um, to get some game show music going here. <laughs> the city with the highest share of million-dollar homes in the country. Huh. In the country? Just U.S., yeah. Share meaning what? Like... If there were a hundred homes in a bunch of different cities, which city has the most million-dollar homes? Yeah, the the city that gets to brag to the other cities. I've got more million-dollar homes than you've got. There's probably some city that's got like two homes. And I want to say like about. Seattle. Mm, I don't think it's a percentage of the total homes. It's just the city with the greatest amount of greatest number. Yeah. Uh huh. Hmm. How about? Ah, I was. I still want to go with like Seattle. Okay. For some reason. Okay. Because you got I your Bill Gates go. up there. You got like your Starbucks people up there. You got 
I don't know. Greenwich, Connecticut. Really? Yeah. Neither of you guys even in the right state. California. It's California. Where? San Francisco, of course. Uh, duh. Damn. Yeah. I should have known that. Uh, come on, Sacramento boy. <laughs> yeah, I think their median price is a million bucks, isn't it? Yeah. I should have known that. Yeah. It's early. It's you, you haven't even been through your first cup of coffee yet. I just took my first sip. Yeah, me too, and it was so hot I had to like pull the lid off because I burned my tongue again. Um, it's the highest share of million dollars, million dollar homes in the county at 58%. Wow. Um, the next two, though, this is how close you guys were, San Jose and Oakland. It's the Bay Area. Wow, we were yeah. really not close at all, were we? Wow. Either one of us. Sometimes um, I think I'm really out of touch, too, because we live here. I'm, like, out of touch with what's going on nationally. I read a story... Uh, I don't remember if it was on Forbes or one of those, but it was one of these things about like the 10 highest paying jobs and you or 20 highest paying jobs or something. You just start clicking through and it was like, you know, what's a bunch of jobs that like 100, 120, 140 grand a year. And I'm like, you know, in, I mean, I do loans, so I see people's income. There's a lot of people around here that make more money than that. And this was like just talking about, you know, if you were willing to go to this place and work in this industry or something. And then likewise, I see these stories about real estate and stuff. I'm like, oh, you could you could blow a million bucks on a on a dive here. I see it happen all the time. Like a place that needs like work. We were talking about that a couple weeks ago. When I was a kid, I remember thinking that when I was a grown up, I was going to have a million dollar house. Yeah, that was a big deal. And for me, I'll date myself. I was watching Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and that was a million dollar house. Yeah. That, the <laughs> house they lived in, that was a million dollar house. That'd be about five or six million, probably, right now. Shush. I, she probably needs a remodel now. Let's see what the French <laughs> Let's see if I can find the Fresh Prince of Bel Air's house. Because it's an actual house. Yeah, it's a real house. I got a tie to it, actually. My dad did uh, finish work in that house, like the cabinets in the kitchen and the staircase and stuff like that. And they thought they were building a normal house. And then one day they pulled up. He came home and said, do you guys know anything about this? The cabbie pulled up and had dice in the mirror. <laughs> this fresh prince fella. And at that point, he was more of a sidekick to DJ Jazzy Jeff. I don't know if you mm -hmm. remember that. I do. Throwing it back yeah. really old school there. That, in fact, that's so old school, that's before school had a K in it. It's the 251. <laughs> yeah, gosh, I have to find the. It's in uh, Brentwood. 251 North Bristol Avenue, Brentwood. That and, it right there? Uh, yeah, yeah, Zillow that thing. See what. Uh, yeah, what's that there's, worth? There's the house. Yeah, it's I bet nice, it's probably but, is uh, worth like millions 10, 15 now. Million. Well, and it's going to be hard to tell, too, just because of the notoriety of it. Well, I mean, if we you go. were in the market, would you like to buy the house that Fresh Prince was filmed in? Mm. I wouldn't pay extra for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're really practical. <laughs> Yesterday, I was listening on the radio. Somebody. Was selling a house. Maybe it was Britney Spears. I think it was. Like down in the L.A. area. Was selling a house that she bought from some other famous person. Um, and, it, you know, and I couldn't help but think there's somebody out there that's going to overpay. Well, this kind of fits in with our topic right now. Yeah? The house from uh, Full House, San Francisco. Ah. 1850000 <laughs> 
That sounds like a deal. And it's a townhouse. Yeah, but have mm-hmm. you been there? I'm going to bet you, too, that that's like one of those floors. Okay, here it is. Because uh, it's one of those uh, like oh, the was... San Francisco painted ladies where they like condo off the floors. Yeah. I was actually almost right about the French Pension Bill Air House. Six and a half million? Six, six million. <laughs> $351,437, the latest evaluation. Sheesh. Wow. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. It says bank home on it, too. What does that mean? Bank home? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it sounds Someone like, didn't pay the mortgage a few yeah, years ago. It, it sounds, sounds like, like somebody got like a Negam <laughs> loan. And... Says, right above one of the pictures, bank home. Interesting. Hmm. Huh. But even as the interior color scheme and everything. Crazy. Does it come with a butler? Yeah. I feel like for six and a half million dollars it should come with a butler. And you know what's crazy about that? Okay, so I got to ask the question, who can buy that house? A millionaire. A billionaire. Um, (laughs) What's the property taxes on a six million dollar house? I mean, you're talking... Yeah, five thousand dollars a month. I mean, that beats most people right out of the market right there. Just can't. If you were given this house, Dan, you'd have to sell it. Yeah, nobody care sure. what the Brady. Five thousand dollars a month property tax is two thousand dollars. You know, I don't know. What do you think it is? It's probably a thousand dollars a month or so, like homeowners insurance, right? Oh, I mean, I'm sure. Ridiculous. I just rent out a few dozen rooms and make it up that way. <laughs> no, dude, I'll just keep one wing. To turns myself. out, it's like a four bedroom, eighteen bath house. <laughs> so unless you got some friends that want to rent bathrooms, you're you're out of luck, bud. This is probably fun. pretty spacious. Yeah, the Brady Bunch house, million two hundred forty-five thousand eight hundred six dollars. Yeah. Well, it's probably because it's like from the 70s and well, never been yeah. remodeled, though. It's a, it's Maybe like an AstroTurf yard. In 2014. Yeah, third year. <laughs> it has yeah, that like rock yard. roof. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Um, yeah. and uh, It's still got green appliances in it. Yeah. 11222 <laughs> you know Dilling Street, Los Angeles. Yeah. Huh. This is a fun website, actually. Modern Family. Hmm. House for $2 million there. Yeah. Kind of cool. Well, boy, all these are making slow sound like a deal. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Hmm. Yeah. Crazy. I'm helping a, a first-time homebuyer couple buy a place in slow this week for 500 grand. Whoa, that exists? Yeah, it needs a little work. Wow. That's a deal. They're out there. You know, you can poke around and find yourself some deals. Yeah, I I try to keep up on what's going on. I feel like every now and then you'll catch maybe a two bedroom home that's in the fives. Yeah, but that that I don't know. I mean, most people need three or more bedrooms. It seems like. Well, I feel like too in San Luis, a lot of the um, those older homes that are the entry level homes are small for the bedroom count too. Oh yeah. Like you'll, you'll see those 1100 square foot <clears throat> three bedrooms and it's kind of like, wow, that's, you're really packing in. I saw one of those, I think in the real estate listing this morning, it was like 1260 square feet, three bedroom. And I mean, that's a small house. It's not a lot of extra room in there. Listed. And it was, I want to say it was in the 600s. I told you guys this before, but um, I go to, I go to westburk.com and click the new listings, 
truth be told for the most part these sites are all the same like for the real estate agents are pulling from the i do slow county homes yeah which like and the i think that's what powers engine. it yeah but you can click in there. I click in there every day to see like what's for sale, and it the, the new listings report just gives you the last seven days of what's for sale. Yeah, and it, it one of the interesting things is just to kind of see what's coming on, um, bringing up the bottom end of the list uh, for yesterday. Of course, is a, a home in Bakersfield. I'm not positive why there's a lot of value in advertising that here, um, but San Luis Obispo. The cheapest of the one, two, three, four, five, six homes listed yesterday is five seventy nine. Wow. A four bedroom, four bath, two thousand one hundred and fifty square feet. Wow. It's on Lavender Court. Where is that? Oh, it looks brand new. It is new construction. Hmm. Pretty good deal. Wonder if it's a condo. HOA fee two forty one. That hurts some buying power. Yeah, in fact, when I'm working with people, you know, especially first-time homebuyers that come in talking about what they can afford, the thing that pops out to them as they're like going up that, holy smokes, it's expensive. Um, condos are usually the most affordable on the list, and but then um, you have an HOA to deal. With. Yeah, I have an HOA fee, and that one right there, two seventy-one HOA. That's effect- two forty-one. Two forty-one. That's effectively fifty thousand dollars. About of fifty power. grand. Yeah, and so it's funny if you took that and add that to the sales price. And what you mean by that is that if you borrow an extra an 50 extra grand, fifty grand, you're going to pay an extra two hundred forty bucks yeah. a month, basically. So. Yeah, if you if you just moved yourself from the sales bracket, like this one's at five seventy nine, add fifty grand to that, take yourself off into six thirty, <laughs> yeah. and your payment's gonna come out right about the same. Is that is that enough bump to get you into the single family market? Um, in my experiences, in some cases it is, and it's worth exploring. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I'm and I'm not a condo hater, by the way. I can give you a pretty solid pros and cons list of who should buy a condo, but condos are tough. Um, they're they're usually appreciating um, a bit or depreciating a bit more radically than the other housing stock. So it can be more volatile. Yeah. Um, one of the things about the condo is that there's like each home around you is more or less a model match to your home. So if somebody makes a, a, a rash decision to sell quickly, you know, because of relocation or divorce or whatever reason, that's like a, you know, it really hurts. Yeah. It's a really direct indicator of what your value is. And when the market goes soft, if there's any kind of a correction, um, history says that condos typically take the pummeling first. Um, and sometimes deeper than the rest of the single family housing stock. But so those are the kind of drawbacks plus the HOA. On the upside, no main or limited amount of maintenance. Exterior is really not your deal. Yeah. If it's outside your walls, it's not your responsibility typically. So for the person that doesn't want to work in the yard on the weekends or doesn't want to be responsible to drag the trash cans. Or, you know, sometimes for uh, the elderly population that doesn't want to have to deal with any of that stuff outside, including exterior maintenance like paint and roof and those kind of things, all that stuff is a pretty neat little package. And by the way, in your HOA, you're generally going to get your trash is usually included. Um, 
used to be that your homeowner's insurance really was, though now we know that everybody's that gets a loan anyway is forced to to provide a, a liability kind of personal property walls in coverage. But it's a much cheaper premium than a typical single yeah. family premium. Yeah, you're talking, you know, 200 bucks a year as opposed to 600 bucks a year. So it makes it more affordable. Um, so yeah, there's, there's pros and cons lists, but it's, for me, it's always just really important when I'm working with somebody, I, I like to make sure that they understand what that purchasing power translates into. Cause like I said, sometimes it makes all the difference and, um, you know, sometimes not, I was looking for a listing here that might make my point. <laughs> there's a, the next listing on the list is a property on grand street. It's six fifteen for a two bedroom, one bath, 884 yeah. square feet. So. That didn't help my case. You know, you brought up condos. It's it's kind of interesting. I've financing a condo is a little bit challenging, I'd say. If you're gonna use traditional conventional financing, seems to be okay. Yeah, especially if it's owner occupied. Yeah. If you're gonna be doing investment property condo, then it's like all bets are off on good financing. Or if you're gonna if you need an FHA loan, if you have to the only way to do an FHA loan on a condo project, on, on a unit in a condo project, is for it to be a HUD-approved project. And if you go to HUD's website and look up approved projects in San Luis County, there's like six. It's six a, in the entire county that are HUD-approved. Well, and it needs to be um, not only approved, but currently approved. Right. There's and a bunch that were approved and they lost Some of these projects approvals. get approval um, for when they first sell through the initial phasing and then after that don't really feel the motivation to to keep it up and that was i think exacerbated during that early part of the 2000s where the alte loans like the non fanny non freddy loans were plentiful and, and they, they didn't require all they that. didn't care about all that yeah. stuff i mean yeah we we still wanted to see budget and bylaw and ccr to make sure that you didn't have some super weird thing going on in your in your community but if a brief skim of those looked like everything was above board, no problem. Um, in fact, the difference between warrantable and non-warrantable condos is sort of the, the terminology that's used. And warrantable are the ones that just meet all Fannie's guidelines, no problems. Non-warrantable were outlier for some reason. Um, for example, one of the Fannie Mae guidelines on condos is that no one person or entity own more than 10% of the project. And I think the reason being, like I said, the values can rise and fall rapidly. And if one person is controlling more than 10% of the complex of, of condos, what if that one guy, like, what if he crashes and burns and he needs to short sale or go through foreclosure on what constitutes 25% of the project, it would blow the entire appraised value of everything yeah. in there for how long? I mean, it, it would be devastating. So for that reason, Fannie Mae says, if you have this, uh, you're ineligible for Fannie Mae financing. Um, now, there's some exceptions to be made to that. Like if you're doing owner-occupied, then they'll waive some of the, the occupancy requirements or whatever. But it's kind of an in-depth look, though. We want to know that the that the HOA is in, you know, the members are in good standing, that not too many people are delinquent on their dues, that they've got the appropriate bonds and master insurance. There's a um, another guideline that requires that... Um, 
so many of the homes be owner occupied if there's too great a concentration of investment properties you know where people are speculatively renting them out um, again in a soft economy where things are under strain logic tells us that investment properties especially if they're not performing or go down in value have a higher delinquency rate than an owner occupied property would um, so those are all things we care about it's really challenging to do um, condo loans for really anybody other than a, a cash a cash person or an owner occupied person um, you need a special lender to be doing those and we do them I mean we're good at them especially once you've been around long enough you get pretty familiar with the different projects around town and what the ins and outs are of them I had a funny one recently where we did a deal down there in that Los Verdes Park 2 Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm, I'm pointing at it. That's great for the radio. Yeah, it's right. I'm pointing over my right shoulder south. It's at Los Losos Valley Road and South Higuera. Yeah, that's right. There it is. And they have a, a little HOA due in there. That's actually a planned unit development, which is not the same thing as a condo. Even though it some of those properties like <laughs> have shared walls with yeah. their neighbor, and some of them don't. Some of them are freestanding. Or the houses might not be shared, but the garages are shared. Um, and sadly, uh, for all of our realtors out there, I, I don't mean to offend you, but you guys kind of sometimes help perpetuate this problem by calling an attached PUD a condo. I mean, we see them listed as such. It can be a very confusing thing, I know. Um, but yeah, I got into a full-blown argument with a handful of underwriters and their manager about that project, um, that it was a PUD. And I know it, you know, just is. And the interesting thing about that transaction was that the Fannie Mae automated underwriting engine gave us an appraisal waiver. And so coming right down to funding, an underwriter was saying, oh, well, you need to provide a condo. Uh, a condo questionnaire and go through that whole thing. I said, it's not a condo, it's a PUD. I said, well, th then you need to prove that with an appraisal. And I'm going, no, 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 no. You, <laughs> to get an appraisal at this point in the game would cause some real heartburn for us, and we don't have the time or desire to do that. Um, so eventually we won, though. I mean, I, I can be a pretty skilled arguer. I like arguing. Especially when I'm right. <laughs> Especially when I'm right. I still enjoy arguing when I know I'm kind of right. But when I know I'm very right, I really like to argue. Hey, it's uh, 9.31 here, so we're going to go ahead and take the first commercial break of the show, take some time out to thank the sponsors. Uh, hopefully you guys will listen to these messages. These are businesses that we uh, believe in and, and use. They do actually pay to help bring the show to you, so... Give them a good listen. We'll be back in a few minutes with another episode of Mortgage Matters. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in... Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. 
For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson Professional in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. an awful lot of people wondering what the heck this is. It's Will Smith. Whoa. Fresh Prince Bel Air thing. I mean, obviously. <laughs> I think I was like grade school, middle school, into high school. Yeah. What a great show. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. We just let the whole thing run. <laughs> I try to, I try to show some, <laughs> some like reruns of this to my kids, and they're not that interested. Yeah, it's like dated to them. Yeah. Mm. Well, one of the bummers about the old shows now too is that they're like not even formatted correctly. The quality so it's is like, no good. Yeah. It's bad quality, bad audio, and it's got like the black stripe. It's like, hey, why is this show square? Yeah. The show's so old, it's square. Yeah. <laughs> Can we watch something in HD? Or if they blow it out to the whole screen, then it's blurry. <laughs> it's blurry and yeah. warped and pixelated. Mm-hmm. It sounds like they're in a tin can. Yeah, yeah it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. They got to remaster it. You got to put some money into that, you know? They do. Spend some money on remastering the I Fresh Prince. Some of them, they do. Yeah. But. <laughs> So, um, housing-wise, you want to talk housing? Sure. Yeah. We were talking housing a little bit already. You want to talk housing some more? That's what we do here. Yeah. Case and Schiller. Uh, show about housing. Yeah. Mortgages. That's a great idea. Yeah, we should do that. should get a man on that. <laughs> the S&P Case Schiller 20 City Composite. Guess what home prices did. So this has a two-month lag, so of course we're just summarizing um, January now. I know. You already know. They went up about 6%. Yeah. Yeah, year over year. Yeah. Yeah, it's in line. All of the indices 
for pricing are about the same. They're all, I mean, it's, it's unanimous. I want you to know though, that the Zillow chief economist was quoted in this article with new news. I mean, you haven't heard this yet. This is a new spin on why. I'm sure. Weather. Um, what's going on here? <laughs> Lower income buyers are having a harder time with limited inventory. Okay. <laughs> That's the big quote. It's been a problem. Yeah. Yeah. But did say with, um, despite limited economic growth, job opportunities are rising, which should keep the housing market stable and healthy. Mm. Top cities for home price appreciation in this read. You guys, you guys should have been answering this before. I got a, a Portland, Oregon, a Seattle, Washington. Portland was 11.8% increase. Seattle, 10.7. And bringing up the bronze, San Francisco, 10.5. Still going up. Yeah. And I doubt that these properties in uh, Oregon and Washington, maybe Seattle, um, but 10% appreciation on what's already million-dollar homes. Yeah. These other places are pushing 11% on homes that probably aren't already in the million-dollar category. It's kind of crazy. By the way, I heard recently somebody, remember I told you guys a few months ago I read that people were commuting living in Vegas to commute to their Bay Area job uh, yeah, on weird. the plane. That's ridiculous. That's weird. I finally met a guy that said his um, brother did that. Wow. Lived in Vegas. Committed to the Bay Area. And flew on a jet each morning over to Vegas to work. Uh, every or day? Or San Francisco to work. Every yeah. day? Yeah, but it's like an hour flight. It's an hour flight. Yeah. There's people who commute and further with than the, that on the car. But with the rewards and stuff, like if you do, yeah. you know, and I, is Southwest one of the ones that does that trip? I I'm think sure. so. I'm, I'm sure they do, yeah. In but fact, they do I, like I know a they points do. thing, and then yeah. if you if you buy, you know, mm -hmm. and then you get points for buying that leg, and so then it turns out that every, you know, mm -hmm. eighth or ninth flight or whatever is free. Yeah. So you get discounted flights and then free flights. That it makes it more affordable. Plus, then you can work while you're commuting. Wow. That's pretty that's fascinating. Crazy, yeah. And that's not, that can't be very good um, for like greenhouse emissions and things like that. <laughs> I don't think so. Jet fuel? No. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. I, do those things even have a catalytic converter? I'm pretty sure they don't. <laughs> Do you yeah. have to take the jet in every other year and have the smog test done? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you sir, just like see one of those sir, things. Sir, your gas cap yeah. failed the vacuum <laughs> test? Like, yeah. uh, I'll get a man on that. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Super duper expensive. Um, Core Logic. Let's see here. Yeah, same thing. It's up. Housing's getting more expensive, you guys. That's the news flash. You heard it here first. Locally here, the overall median home price rose five and a half percent. And this is a February reading. February to February. The median home price February twenty sixteen in Slow County is four hundred and seventy three thousand five hundred. Wow. Hmm. That's pretty expensive. And the median, by the way, is different than the average. Right. So it's can, the middle. Yeah. 
the middle if you like stack them. Mm-hmm. And only up 5.5%. Is that? Yeah, that's kind of surprising. I feel like our area has been outpacing the national reading, but here it's not. It's actually a little less. Some of the... Um, and very little growth in units sold locally. Right. 264 to 268. Hmm. February to February. That seems surprising to me. There's a lot of activity around lately of like newly constructed homes. Seems like there's it's a lot the of... It's the resale. I think just the resales aren't... Yeah, because when you look at new home sales, those are actually seeing, you know, double-digit improvement units-wise, but it's so it almost resales. suggests that the resales are even less than they were a year ago. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Which explains the increasing property value, you know, as you kind of shake through the sifter, the people that got the, the down payment yeah. and ability to pay it. Wow. Yeah, here we go. In San Luis County, resale single-family homes decreased 16%. See? And the price on those resale single-family homes is up 9%. Which is higher than the national clip by quite a bit. it's because of scarcity. It's a supply-demand issue. Condos here, we've been talking about condos this morning. Condos in the county were sales number number of condos sold up 42% from February of last year. And huh. interestingly, and here the median price for condos was down 0.7% from a year ago. Hmm. That just means some more of the lower end the lower condos end moved. Sold. Yeah, definitely. I have a I have a client right now that's trying to buy a a condo close to Cal Poly as a, a second home type of property and is just getting beat <laughs> week after week. Jeez. Full price offers. Um, there's cash buyers now up in the mix that aren't even putting an appraisal contingency into their all cash purchase. Wow. That's what that's how the fights turned in slow. Here are you new homes. You said new homes are on the rise. They are. In in the county, February to February, new home sales increased 140%. There were 20 new home sales last February. There were 48 new home sales this February. That number is so deceiving. I feel <laughs> that's, like that's you're big. like, that's yeah, 100 and what percent? I started going, oh my God, that's like building a new city. And then you're like, yeah, I went from 20 to 48. Oh, okay. So, like, there was phase two of a track was done. Hey, in a in an area where there's 268 sales, that's a lot. 28, you know, a, 48. an increase of 28 oh, yeah. units sold in one category. Oh, yeah. No, I, it, was the, it was the setup that got me. I was, I had it going in my mind, like the, <laughs> the parade that must be about to happen for the celebration of uh, so many new homes added. No, but yeah, that is that is pretty impressive for a no growth city like Slow. Is that countywide or city? This was county. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Wow. There's a need. <laughs> it's demonstrated in those numbers for sure. Yeah. Well, and you know, 
the interesting thing about those existing home sales is they're tight, but I don't anticipate that changing really anytime soon. I don't either. It's really common these days. People come in to get pre-qualified and, um, you know, borrowers have like different uh, tolerance for sort of risk or deal making or just like believing that things will just work out in an appropriate, like acceptable way. Um, if you are wanting to sell your house almost anywhere in the county right now because you want to buy another house with another bedroom or... You know, maybe maybe since you're making more money now, you think you deserve that patio with a view or whatever it is that's fueling your desire. In fact, sometimes people are wanting to downgrade. You know, the kids have moved out. Now they've got too much house and they want to go right size into a, a you know more efficient home. You have the guts today to sell your house and then make a go of what's out there and go get in the, the fight over... Um, hoping to be the offer that's selected. Um, there's not a lot of confidence for you to go do that. So some of the clients that come in, you know, like I said, they have a, a varying degree of tolerance for this circumstance. Some of them are like, ah, it always works out. Uh, they they seem to make up the, the very few on that spectrum. A lot of them are kind of like, oh, so, you know, maybe I need to buy first before I sell my house. But if your whole down payment's wrapped up in your house, that well, and that's can be... a rare person that can afford to do that. Right. It's hard to you gotta qualify be able to, with two yeah, payments. Yeah, to really and... qualify and be able to carry the debt of two payments. I keep my eyes out there for homes. You know, I, I love my home. I love where I live. It's, you know, a good size home for our family, but our family's been growing. And sometimes I think, oh, one extra bedroom would sure be nice. And so I always keep my eye out just in case the perfect home pops up. But... I look out there and there's not a home that I'd rather live in. And if there is something that kind of piques my curiosity, the price quickly, yeah, uh, you're like, whoa, <laughs> it quickly turns me off. And I'm like, wow, that can't believe that's what that's selling for. I'm in the same boat. And then every now and again, I'll start to like, I see, I start to see the houses that are acceptable to me. And then I, I'm like, I see the price range and I dismiss them quickly. Mm -hmm. And then I see one that's like, just pushing enough of the buttons that's acceptable and the price is less than what the others that I've been seeing. And so then I'll go down the rabbit hole for a minute. What's oh, wrong? What is a $680,000 house? And I, I start punching away and then I'm like, oh, that's a big mortgage. All right, honey, it looks like we're going to get back on that addition train. Um, and or, you know, because... At your, your ripe young age and, and my young age, we aren't going to get to move our tax bases so that everything about it is more expensive when you start looking at that more expensive house. And then it becomes like, whew, you know, I, all right, I, I guess I'm out of that race. Um, and it impresses me every month. They seem to just keep getting more and more yeah. expensive. Um you know, and I'm not I'm not necessarily looking at any luxury level homes. I'm just I'm not looking at entry level homes. I'm looking for like somewhere in the middle buyer, with yeah. just a little more elbow room. That's yeah. all I really want. Yep. And um yeah, it's not out there and what is out there is very expensive. So yeah. I'll I'll be part of the problem of the people <laughs> that aren't selling because the supply of 
the replacement homes is just not suitable or affordable to my needs. Well, it's especially hard in that middle category of homes. We've we've talked about it on this show that builders, we found a lot of them want to focus on the higher end because they can actually make a profit at that higher end. Right. There's people that are willing to pay for that higher end home or there's builders that focus on density and those tend to be at the lower end the entry level home um but there's not a lot of action in that middle tier that's really your resale category if if you want to move up from the 1600 square foot home to the 2500 square foot home that's not crazy luxurious that's that's your move up buyer and there's just not a lot of action in that category yeah it's not a hard, at all a hard place to to need a home. So I suppose it lends us to uh, uh, the next logical part of this conversation with if you're going to stay put in the home you've got for all these reasons, um, but you'd love to make it a little bit more enjoyable. I mean, there's plenty of loan products around that can help you with that. Um, In particular, I'm thinking of some conventional loan products that uh, will allow you to do a loan um, with a plan in mind of things that you want to upgrade. Um, and so for some people, it's just appliances. Um, you know, you could spend, gosh, if you just did like your fridge, you know, the cooktop, the oven, the microwave, and the dishwasher. So all your appliances. Well, I left out your wine fridge or your trash compactor. Um, yeah, if you those. get the basic four or five appliances, you could spend what twenty five, thirty I mean, you, grand. You could spend, yeah. If a you lot. want something that's nice, not the bottom of the line, not the top of the line, you're probably looking at eight to ten thousand dollars. Yeah, I was talking with a friend of ours that um, is one of the managers over at Best Buy about appliances, and he's like, "Oh yeah, no, you you probably want to budget about twelve thousand dollars." And I'm like. That seems ridiculous to me, um, but so there you are. Let's let's say you're in that boat. I'm, I'm in my house. I I just I'm not I'm not gonna sell it for a whole host of reasons, but I need to make it a little bit more enjoyable. So I want to do like you know maybe it's time to get rid of that white tile with the dirty grout and the old appliances that aren't Energy Star and don't have you know the appeal that you really want. There's a conventional loan that you can do that will help you do that. You know, something as simple as just rolling in some appliances and some countertops or painting. Um, and and by the way, the rule on these products is really anything that adds value to your home. Would that like plumbing fixtures too? Yeah. Fall under that like low flow toilets. Yeah. Low flow shower heads. On demand water uh, heater. On demand water head. Yeah. But they'll mm-hmm. but it'll also cover things that seem a little bit more luxurious too, like a built in barbecue for the back patio or a swimming pool. Um, they'll cover pretty much anything that's up adding square footage or upgrading features of your home is adding value. So pretty much anything. Qualifies. And there's and there's not really even a minimum amount. So you can, and, and in our county, you can go up to 561 too. So let's say you, you know, you bought a house a few years back, you owe $500,000 on the loan. And what you're looking at is wanting to interior, exterior paint, new roof, new appliances in the kitchen, um, new water heater, you know, that kind of stuff. You know, maybe you could figure out all those things come to 50,000 bucks. There's a conventional 
loan product that you can use to get to that money. Uh, and the program is awesome. It's in, it's a one-time deal. You have the money and you're, you're done, uh, with your loan when you do all your improvements. It's really cool. Most of that stuff, by the way, isn't even going to trigger a reassessment. So you can, well, you gave me a funny look. I think, well, when you're talking adding appliances and stuff, yeah, you're, I guess if you get into like adding square footage, then you're looking yeah. at reassessment. And I mean, I guess if you if you went over to the county assessor's office and you said, hey, <laughs> you should send a guy over because I am the proud new owner of Granite and oh, and we did, you know, what's that fancy stuff called? The crown molding and, you know, we really dressed the place up. They'd probably be happy to come in and, <laughs> and, sure. and figure out how to put a higher tax value on your home. But. You know, most of the time, if you're just doing stuff like that, that isn't structural, that doesn't require a permit, even an over-the-counter permit, um, you're not talking about an event that would cause a, a reassessment of your property. So it can that can be one cool way to dress your space up into something that um, you do want, that makes you more satisfied with where you are. Now, you mentioned adding some square footage. So the solution to that, you ask? What is the solution to that? That same product actually will cover um, adding on. Yeah. If you wanted to put on, you know, another bedroom or another bathroom or perhaps a couple bedrooms in a bathroom, um, that, that very same loan product would cover that. So it's, um, again, it's something that, that's pretty simple. We do it if you guys want to to check that out or talk about it, um, by all means, give us a call. We'll be happy to answer questions for you. Um, and I think also an important thing is like run numbers. You watch that show. Uh, what is it called? Um, there's a few of them. This is, I think this one's the love it or list it one. Okay. Where like the team of realtors comes into your house and you've got all these like they're Usually gonna try the spouses to are at your, odds, They're going right? to try to improve your existing home or find you the new home that meets all your needs. Yeah, like the wife really wants to go because this, you know, rundown house is, doesn't have a guest room or doesn't have this, doesn't have that, is outdated, these things. Husband is more, you know, oh, this is a great house. All we need to do is, uh, you know, learn to be happy with what we have. So they, they do a, a plan of drumming it up. You know, making it nice, putting together those finishing touches that make it a lot more enjoyable. And then at the end, the other person's been out shopping for homes in the market. So, you know, this is kind of a, a less glamorous offer of that that similar kind of thing, which is come on in to our office and let's talk about what you might be able to do in terms of what you owe and what your home is worth and what improvements and things you'd like to have. We can help figure out what the budget like that, you know, for what that loan payment and stuff is going to be. And at the same time, you can go look in the market at what's for sale and see if there, if it's just less stress, easier, less work for you to buy a new house and sell your house. Uh, I think a lot of people forget that um, the, there's loan products out there to help remodel a home. You don't have to just be dissatisfied with it. 
And then, of course, there's that always that opportunity to just build your dream home. Sometimes that seems like the way to go around here. Because a lot of the existing housing stock is older. So, you you know, if you do want to have a worry-free house for a while, you either have to go through extensive remodeling. Move to the North County. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, yeah, try to find an infill lot and, and build the home of your dreams. That's exactly what you want. Right. And you could do that. Yeah, we have loan products that can help with that, too. Um, you know, I think... Honestly, the ideal candidate in that transaction owns the land already. Um, and or, you know, without a loan would be best case scenario. But if, you, if you've procured a land loan and bought a lot and then you're looking to build on it, um, there's loan products, you know, again, products that we have that will help you. Um, go all the way through, even one-time close, which is kind of a blast from the past. That went away for a little while, but it's a loan that is a, is kind of a normal construction loan during the process of building. And when it's done, it is automatically, you know, turned into your 30-year fixed loan. So it's a, a cool product then too. And then of course, there's some of the, the less traditional stuff that would have you doing multiple loan transactions. But, um, you know, point is if you're looking for that kind of help we can help you with that some information about those programs even on our website centralcoastlending.com so you can click over there and see what you can see um, and then if you don't want to do that and you just want to talk to people uh, that know about that give us a call at the office the number is 543 loan and find somebody that can answer those questions for you and just see if it's even if it's even worth daydreaming about. I think it's kind of fun. I mean, I I've got a bunch of plans like that for myself that I've I've made very little progress on any of it, but it's fun for me to kind of consider and think about and you know decide if it's something I really want to do or not. I I really do want to do something like that, but at the same time, I see a few years down the road that my kids go off to college or something, and all of a sudden, I'm like, hey, cool, I finally improved my house to be the, the big enough, nice enough house, and I don't even need it anymore. So I guess that's part of my paralysis on it. All right, guys, we're going to do the top of the hour break. We got another... Oh, hour to go. So just a five-minute break here. We'll be back and uh, have a whole other exciting hour of Mortgage Matters. Join us. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, welcome. Somebody call and tell me where it's raining in the county. <laughs> I thought today was going to be like the wet day. We had uh, we have three 
games today. My daughter has a softball game, and the boys both have baseball games. And I was sure, like all week long, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, they're you know, making plans for Saturday. And so, oh, yeah, plan it up. You guys are going to get rained out. I saw it. John Lindsay said it. It's coming. It's going to be a soggy weekend. It was like, I mean, still, it looks like sunglasses weather out yeah, there right now. I don't know. I, I, from my angle, it looks like there's cloudiness, like dark clouds over towards Lopez. Lopez. Yeah. It could go either way. I mm-hmm. feel like I can kind of see the top of the the grade-ish right mm-hmm. there, and it looks like, yeah, it could be going out, could be coming yeah. in. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems that way. All right. Like I was saying on the Motor Mouth Show, everybody go wash your car. That's uh, a great idea. A, you know what? It was me. Car. I'm gonna I'm gonna take full responsibility for this. Mm-hmm. I've got several road trips worth of bugs mm-hmm. all over the front of my car. I mean, and it's bad. Now they're like baked on, cooked on, big mm-hmm. bug junk everywhere. Yeah. And all week long, every time I walked out there, I was like, I gotta go get a car wash. Well, just, Jason, right after the show. And then I you know what I, I, I every time I was like, I'm not gonna be that guy that goes and pays you know, wash my car only to find out that, um, you know, it rains because then it yeah. was starting Thursday night. Well, Jason, go wash the car. Then it's sure. Right rain. now? Well, after the show. It's probably going to rain anyway. Yeah. I should have washed it on Wednesday. After the Then show. it would have rained hard Thursday and Friday. <laughs> It'd be a mess again. Yeah. yeah. What are you making faces at over there? Did you see something exciting? <laughs> Were you just reading about the jolts report? I wasn't. You look jolted. It was probably something way less exciting than jolts, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Jolts I, is a fun one, though. What is that? Janet Yellen said that she was going to be um, paying more attention to jolts than perhaps her predecessor or others um, did. Jolts is the job opening labor turnover survey, right? Layoff. Layoff. Isn't it? Openings, layoffs, turnovers? Yeah. Survey, or is is it just making it plural with the S? <laughs> survey. Yeah. Sure. I'm going survey. All I got about that, though, is that um, fewer, fewer help openings. wanted signs <laughs> yeah. in February. And the hiring rate is up. Hey, the smart and um, around the county, I think, all of them now. I saw the one on South Higuera has moved. Oh? Yeah. I just yeah. noticed that I didn't even morning. know that was part of it. Yeah. To the old Hagen building. So they're over on Johnson mm-hmm. now. Johnson, I believe. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I now knew we need that a new grocery opened. store to take over this one here on South Higuera. Yeah. That's a, like a net zero game. Is they going with that smart and final plus or whatever they call it? Yeah, no. that's what we got in a Tascadero. Uh-huh. And that's really close to my house. Uh-huh. Um, Actually, I have one there where I live. I like it. So. So the interesting thing about it. So first of all, I just gotta say I loved that Albertsons that was there. It was a it was really a great store on Johnson. No, the one um, up on El Camino Real in Tascadero. Okay, it was a great store. It was new, nice, good products, fair prices, courteous staff. Like it was, it was a great store. And then it got forced to switch to a Hagen, which then destroyed it completely. Um, it was then vacant for a long time, which really inundated Vaughn's because that became like, other than Food for Less, was the only other real grocery store in Tascadero. 
and Vaughn's not very affordable, I don't think. Um, but it was yeah, crazy busy. Mm -hmm. You couldn't just run in anymore right. because it was the only game in town, so mm -hmm. it was packed always. So anyway, now we got Smart and Final open. It's nice to have that open. They seem to have used up like half of what the space was in the Albertson store. Like they blocked off a bunch inside. And I mean, it's almost the size now of the one that, mm -hmm. you know, over here on South Higuera. Um, it's like that size in what was a, like a massive shell yeah. of a building. So that's yeah. kind of right. interesting to me. But it is, it's open. <clears throat> it's some good deals. Yeah, I like them. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Check out the chicken on the way home. Chicken. Good deal. Is it like pre-cooked chicken or no? no? no. Just chicken? Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Pretty, I think I'm pretty stocked up on chicken right now. Well, just telling you. But I might I might just have to go settle my curiosity now. <laughs> Sounds like they got something special going on. That's right. What are you looking at over there? Just trying to see if grocery stores were part of the biggest jobs added category in the county. I'm guessing not. No, it wasn't. I'm but guess I'm sure it helped. There were 1,100 jobs added in February. I bet a few of those were grocery stores. Yeah, but I would I would venture to say that if you took like I, the pre Hagen job yeah. count of grocers in our I think they stores, really got screwed up. Oh God, yeah. and that really. Yeah. Um, not, I don't want to get all Debbie Downer over the whole thing, but that whole thing really bummed me out. I, I and I don't know what to make of it. I, I, I get that they there's some anti-monopoly oh, laws wow. that forced them to sell some stores, and then for you know basically that paved the way for Hagen, which wasn't well received in the market. <clears throat> um, but so many good people lost jobs that yeah. were good jobs and. Years and years in, just waiting to get around the corner for their retirement and just got the rug pulled out from under them. Such a bummer. And, yeah, I, I think these stores are smaller now um, and probably have less employees anyway. Yeah. Um, that whole thing was really a bummer. Well, I, and I, I got to say, I think there probably is a place for some of these anti-monopoly laws and practices. Mm -hmm. But every now and again, it's going to just blow up in your face, which disappeared to have completely blown up in our faces. Well, I think the whole grocery thing is changing anyway. Cause like, if you look at Walmarts and stuff, they have a lot of groceries in them now. And I think it's just all that whole business is really changing a lot. I've, I don't know. I was having this conversation me. last night at home about, about millennials in particular and, and what their tastes are when it comes to purchasing. And yeah. you see it in restaurants, you see it in grocery stores, I think I don't do grocery shopping at Walmart. I think there's yeah, a no, desire among the younger population to have quality products. They know where they come from. They know what's going into making them. You know, we, we're all about organic, pesticide-free, blah, 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 because people are more aware now of what's going into their body and how it affects their body. And I feel like the Walmarts aren't necessarily putting up that kind of competitive product when it comes to groceries. Yeah, I that's I, not what they're uh, we, doing. My family doesn't shop for groceries at Walmart either, um, or like the super targets and things like that that have them. No. My main objection to it, uh, I mean, I'm not necessarily a hater of the Walmart brand. It doesn't align with a lot of my preferences, but 
when you go look at where the food is coming from, that's my hang up, you know? And like yesterday, it's funny, we were at Costco um, getting some of the essentials there and they're, they year round, they provide these things that are well out of season. Yeah. And if you look at where they come from, like, man, that corn has more miles on it than you do. Like in your whole life, it's it's like made it that far, you know. Um, but it's always it's always things that are coming from very far away, yeah, and right. I just feel I don't the know. The only place that stores like that can compete anymore is just price. If you're solely yeah. looking for the cheapest yeah. product, then that's where you go. But look yeah, at your Facebook or something. Everyone's got a picture of what they made for dinner tonight and all that stuff. And everybody's bragging about their, yeah. you know, I got my local this and that. And it's, you know, extra vitamin. Again, this is something that we're just really spoiled for where we live. Part I mean, you can that, get to these farmers just, markets. Part of it's the new generation and their, incre their awareness of, of the quality and mm -hmm. and and how what they buy the quality affects them longer term and so they they want that stuff and they're willing to pay more for it and i think that this run of the superstore i personally believe that it's going to be short-lived i don't think that long term they can compete in the grocery aisle as much because quality is going to um, eventually outweigh pricing i think that's just what the millennial generations well i feel like we're above. we're not a we're not a metro um it's hard here to to totally relate to those people that are like have no choice but to ride the bus to their walmart supercenter to get their produce and yeah. for them um they don't care where it's coming from True. the fact that it's highly affordable so it's just a different market and i and yeah. i would venture to say that if we not only road tripped but got out and got submersed in a lot of other parts of America, I mm. think it, it'd probably be pretty different. And these are probably some of the things that make us seem, you know, privileged and prudish as your ability to be so discerning mm. about the quality and, you know, understanding the origin and how many miles your cauliflower has traveled to get to you. Um, but yeah, that around here, I, I agree. I think it's more that, um, that sentiment of understanding where it comes from. One of the things yeah. I don't understand though is, you know, and by the way that I've been reading that the Walmart in Atascadero is like, they're breaking ground this yeah, summer, beginning with the grading and paving. Yeah, whatever. But you know, we're, we are lucky enough. We're have, we're lucky enough to have things like farm stands and farmers markets and, Avila Valley Barn and Nature's Touch. We are lucky to have those kinds of places here where the kids and people, the younger people can understand where the stuff comes from. Yeah. And we are lucky about that. Yeah. So. And I, I go both ways on the Walmart thing, by the way. I mean, I live in Atascadero and um, it's going to create some additional tax revenue, which is good for the city, good for schools, you know, good for road maintenance, all those things, fire and safety and, um, Obviously, it creates jobs, right? I mean, how many people work at a Walmart? No matter even if it's a small, it's got to be in the thousands. But with oh, all the, I mean, part time and full time, and and not all of them are crap jobs. You know, some of those no. guys make and they're honest jobs. Yeah, too. well, and so. then it creates additional competition. It it creates, um, you know, talk about like wage growth. Uh, I actually think that that's kind of a critical component to wage growth. Is you bring in an employer like that, that's 
Um, you know, and I don't mean to suggest that I'm on the train that I think every city in America should have a Walmart. And if you just made it solely up to me, would I put a Walmart, you know, in Slow County in a city like Atascadero? That would not be an easy decision to make. But, um, you know, if it's going somewhere, (laughs) the tax dollars are going somewhere, um, the jobs are going somewhere, uh, I yeah I mean I I guess I'm not a a real good NIMBY but what um I don't really understand with Walmart is they're struggling I think financially at the top end sometimes and they're opening up a store that's not even five or six miles from another store yeah I wonder if they're gonna end up having um closing that Paso Robles store yeah, I mean I don't know you, then you get a big that Paso, in Paso store Robles seems stores. old I'm I'm not a yeah. big Walmart guy but um yeah. you know. Again, though, like when I was a poor, struggling college student, I mean, I I bought furniture at Walmart. I wasn't above buying anything at Walmart. I was broke, and that was the affordable place. It was like we commuted from Slow or Osos over the hill to get to Walmart to be able to go. Like you got to go, you know, get hangers or laundry baskets or whatever. It was like the much more affordable option. So, um I do. I think it. I think it does. It serves a segment of the community that is struggling financially, yeah. um, or just prioritizing their dollars differently and want that added value, you know, of the affordability. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're breaking ground on that thing. We'll see what happens there. So another year or so, we'll have a Walmart in Atascadero. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know when it opens, but they said yeah, maybe next summer. In fact, but they said they were going to be like starting breaking ground on it this summer. Kind of crazy. And all the jobs that go with it. And I'm sitting here, I'm looking, and I'm just thinking, you know, you're talking about wage growth because there's there's these employers that, yeah, they might provide lower-end jobs as far as pay goes, but it contributes to wage growth because it takes more people out of the unemployed line and gets them employed. And then when new higher-paying jobs open up, then there's, you know, employers need to attract a a person there and it's like well you can't just put them at 10 bucks an hour because they can do that at walmart right or wherever so you gotta if you want a skilled person to come work for you you got to put them up at 12 bucks an hour 15 bucks an hour 20 bucks an hour it depends on your job here in the county the recent reading is 4.3 percent unemployment that's almost getting desperate i mean that's to the point you know there's there's this theory that you know there's five you know three to five percent of the population that's really not employable you always have that level of unemployment even in a healthy market so we're right there in the middle of that range so if if you're an employer and you've got a skilled position open and you want someone skilled to take that job you've got to you got to pay for it right you're not just going to get them at the bare bones wage and of course you could make the argument that it puts strain on those businesses that it are going to have to pay more or whatever but i one more point i wanted to make and if the walmart people are listening forgive me in advance but um a lot of that stuff you buy at walmart's crap right <clears throat> doesn't last it's not very good right um, even the electronics, like you could go in there, you buy a TV for two two seventy seven or whatever weird number they have on mm-hmm. it, but it's like a crap TV and without all the features and then it breaks to boot before very long too. So yeah. for anybody that gets quickly on that bandwagon, oh, then it, it, you know, it's there just long enough to destroy all the local businesses. 
I don't I don't agree with that anymore. I think that there's consumers like you and I that are um, again more discerning about where our dollars spent and what it's a vote for and knowing that um, you get what you pay for and that the the mom and pa shop around the corner is competing with that big box store and you know and make their make their purchases as such. So uh, I I don't I don't I rarely yeah. see competition as a bad thing. I, I might agree with you on that because if you look back at like the very history of Walmart when Sam Walton started it, a lot of it was made in the USA, made in America. That was a lot of his like his thing, and they've lost that vision. And sure, have, and it has gotten a lot cheaper and a lot it's less crap. quality. A lot know? of it's crap. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and some of it just can't be crap. Like it's the same as it is everywhere else. It just is a little bit cheaper. You know, if you're if you need a bottle of Febreze or something, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's going to be cheaper at Walmart than Vons. And in my opinion, in Vons or Walmart, you're kind of supporting terror with either purchase. So <laughs> go do your thing. So but I'm talking like if you need to buy, um, I don't know, a, a entertainment center to put your TV on. Uh -oh. You can get the thing at Walmart, or you can spend a little bit more money and go to one of the mom pa shops around town that cares about quality uh, more than just the lowest possible price, and end up with a you know a, a better price. People know that yeah. now. You might not have known that about Walmart mm -hmm. years ago. Well, and actually, too, if you think about it, like a lot of the Cal Poly students and a lot of Cuesta College students, they you, you see them at Goodwill, and you can get some good stuff there sometimes. Yeah. And they're working on a budget there. Yeah, I would shop at Goodwill. I just yeah. I don't like shopping anywhere. I'm not a shopper. Yeah, but I'm just I, I just dis the resale stores are actually doing. My really wife well. talks me into shopping some with her sometimes. So let's go out and we'll go shopping. And yeah. so then we're like halfway through it, and it it always ends the same way. I'm like, all right, babe, I'm like running out of gas here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of there steam on yeah. I'm out of steam on shopping. Yeah. It was fun when I were in the back corner of the yeah. store and I don't have the energy to get out of here. Yeah. There's just crap everywhere and yeah. Ugh. It's a competition between me and the kids as who's gonna whine first. Yeah, I got <laughs> and now I got stuff in the cart that's in there because it appeared to be a good deal, but I didn't I didn't need that anyway, you know? Just, I don't I'm not a big shopper. All right, we got to take a sneeze break here. Dan's going to run down the hall and sneeze. We're going to play some commercials for you so you don't have to listen to the sneezing. And we'll be back in a few minutes here with more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. As mortgage experts, we can help you refinance your home or investment property. We can lower your rate, shorten your term, or get rid of your mortgage insurance. Don't miss the opportunity to improve your financial situation. Call Central Coast Lending today. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker. California Bureau of Real Estate number 018-39608. NMLS number 328-358. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people. Agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. 
Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. What a state of generosity. Look what my agent got for me. Just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks. I couldn't ask for more. But now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical. Like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state. State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Citricoast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Cigarettes in tiny liquor bottles, just what you'd expect inside her new Balenciaga viral mask. Turn dreams into an empire, self-made success. Now she rolls with Rockefeller. All right, everybody, welcome back. All right, all right. Did you get your sneezes all out? You were looking pretty sneezy it's, right there. Yeah, not even the a end. sneeze, just the ability to breathe. Just struggling with allergies? No, not allergies. Just, just holding it a up. Lingering cold or sinus issue. You were you were sniffly last week. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's fun for you. I think there's two different germs going around the house. You got um, I got them both. Yeah, you're at that age right now where you love like um living walking petri dishes. Oh yeah. They're yeah. Good. they're yeah. Quite yeah. impressive. Mm -hmm. Go to school, and you never know what they're going to bring home. They don't even them. go to school. Oh, your yeah, son! Wait, that's what I was just going to say. Your son's uh, about to go to preschool, though, right? Uh, uh, yep. And so, yeah, when that starts, that brings in that's like the fresh. That's a, he's basically Christopher Columbus at that point. <laughs> he's just bringing home just devastating viruses and bacterias every well, day. You guys got smart because you have your own mic socks. I, yeah. I haven't gotten that smart yet. Yeah. And uh, boy, these things are magnets. I can tell you that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we use those ones for years. But what's uh, the thing in the doctor's office? The the doctor goes from the general area to the scrub down room before they go into the operating room. I think we're gonna have to turn our entryway of our house into that. <laughs> the just decontamination room. Yeah, Delouse him. <laughs> Instead of the green room, we need a decontamination room yeah. at the radio station. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, all right, so a little bit of talk about the Fed stuff, bond market. Interesting week again. Um, I think we finished up the 10-year bond yield uh, was 1.73. Spent a couple days in the 1.68, 1.69. Um, by the way, when the Feds made their first rate hike last December, um, the 10-year bond yield was at 2.29%. So that's about a 60 basis point drop. 
Uh, so first point that I want to make about that is if you think the Fed sets interest rates in things like mortgages, there's case in point proof that they do not. Um, this is something that's uh, obviously going to be influenced by that, but you can tell there are much more things at play. Um, and this week, there wasn't a whole lot of news. I mean, part of the news was that the Fed minutes were released. And that gives us a little insight into the roundtable that was the discussion leading up to whether or not the Feds would increase interest rates at the meeting. Um, and we, you know, we care so much about that because those meetings are supposedly leading indicators, right? They're going to tell us what's going to happen at the next meeting because they were on the cusp or not of making a change. And so all the economists and analysts and managers that just hang on those words and numbers are trying to stay ahead of the curve based on what they have to say. Uh, and we already knew that there was only one dissenting vote for um, a rate hike at that last meeting. Um, and so the March meeting minutes came out. We got to see them in detail. Um, and, you know, what we found out is that most of the members, including Yellen, um, said that the, the current situation warrants more caution, um, that the current economy is just needs a little bit more time to kind of grow and, and wear the current environment and see it keep going. Um, and I mean, I guess there's a little bit of division about what's next, but um, from what I saw, the, the Fed board looked a little bit more unified um, in their stance on this and that the, uh, you know, but so this month we're up again, right? In April, yeah. And, and in Janet Yellen's last press conference, she said April's not off the table. My bet is that we're still looking at June for the next rate hike. I think they want to see a couple more months of, of this improving employment and because of, and wage growth. Or I'm sorry, not wage growth, but inflation. There's got to be a little bit of confidence, too, in that they made a rate hike and the market has kind of not not directly responded the way they thought or anticipated it would. I don't, I don't think they worry too much about that. They don't care about the market. Eh? No, I think the market, I mean, the bond market and the stock market they're tied together and i think there's a lot of speculation in those markets and and i don't think they put a lot of weight into that i think they're looking at, at more of the the growth and health numbers of the economy more more so than you know what the stocks of certain companies are doing i don't think that's a, a big factor for them Hmm. I think, you know, it, it does say something about maybe the health of investment accounts and people's discretionary income or their confidence in the economy, things like that. But I don't think that they care if, you know, XYZ company's stock went up by a dollar or not. I don't I don't, just don't think that's their. No, their but worry. when you see that the that, you know independent or tied to or just coincidentally or in tandem the market moves like the dow corrects by 10 percent or something there's got to be some um correlation and they've got to acknowledge that there's some correlation there and i i got i guess it's got to cause at least a little bit of angst um what do you make of this i keep seeing these articles and i I don't know that I'm completely comfortable um, and confident in it yet, but listen to this headline and tell me what you think. Um, 
net shorts in the U.S., speculative net shorts in the U.S. 10-year Treasury notes is the largest since November. So when you're shorting the 10-year Treasury, and that's what the, the I mean, that's setting some new short-term records here. What does that mean that these investors are betting on? They're betting on higher rates. That's what they're betting on. The price of the bond is inverse to the yield, and the yield is low right now. The price is high. So there's sh- what you're saying is there's a lot of people betting that the price of that bond is going to go lower, which would indicate that rates are going to go higher. And I think that's a no-brainer. It makes total sense because we're on a path right now. It's been made very clear by the Fed. It just makes sense coming off of a eight-year run of historically low interest rates that rates have really only one direction they can go and that's up so shorting bonds is i mean that's that's a that's a pretty safe bet in my opinion in the short term who knows over a longer longer term it's it's a no-brainer yeah I i saw also i mean to kind of support that sentiment i saw also that there was a the spread between the um, five-year and 10-year, was that like 1.08? Or five-year, 10-year, 30-year, which is like one of the tightest ranges there's ever been, pushing, basically suggesting that the long-term rates are, are artificially down, down and yeah. hugged up under some shorter-term things where they don't naturally belong. Yeah. You know what's interesting is every now and then we'll have a client come to us and they have a short-term plan for housing. And so they're interested in that 5, 7, or 10-year um, fixed rate. It's amortized over 30 years, but then it moves into an adjustable period after that fixed term. And when you price out a 5, 7, or 10-year mortgage versus uh, adjustable rate mortgage versus a 30-year mortgage the difference in interest rate isn't enough to even justify going down that route no i mean if if you're looking at something for no points i mean you're looking at maybe an eighth difference in rate it's like would you you want an eighth lower in rate to get something where if your plan gets derailed now you're in a precarious position for the security of the 30-year loan Take the eighth higher in rate. That guy I was telling you about that um, is getting just striking out on these condo deals. Um, that was one of the interesting things that we were looking at. He was wanting to to explore seven and ten year arms. It just the makes ten no sense. year arm was higher than the yeah. thirty year fix. It makes no sense whatsoever. the The margins are so tight in between the two right now, that, and that's yeah, not normal. Normally, there is a compelling a reason points. to maybe consider that because it might be two or three or four hundred dollars a month. Yeah, I remember back in the day doing calculations where take your five year period, and if it, the payment was four hundred dollars less per month. Then we could say, okay, you know, that's that's going to end up being forty eight hundred dollars a year, right? So rounded off to five thousand by five years, you're talking twenty five thousand bucks, twenty four, twenty five grand. So if you're able to to save that or put that towards principal or do something else based on the interest savings, would it just behoove you to do that instead of just paying for the additional security of the thirty year fixed today? 
we don't spend any time on those calculations because you pull them up and it's a no-brainer. The 30-year fix just seems so low. And the relationship that's spread where it is from the arms is so tight that it's it's easy to dismiss pretty quick. Kind of funny. Uh, in that, all of those things make me think that these increased rates are right around the corner. Um, so when are they coming? You know? It, yeah. I, that's a good question. We've been thinking that for a while now. Yeah. It seems like a, any given day we should expect the 30-year fix to move up to, you know, four and a quarter or four and a half or something, but it's just still lingering around. I mean, and we're how much of the pipeline, you know, I know you just did another pipeline report for the company yesterday. How much of the pipeline this time was refi um, and how much was purchased as a percentage? It's it's still even. It's still about 50-50. Which is wildly fascinating to me. I didn't, and, and by the way, for the last several years, all of the industry rags that write about, you know, tomorrow and what's to happen next year and how you should push to align your company. None of them suggested that you would have a 50-50 or even greater than 50% of your total company volume would be refinance business in 2016. Yeah. That, that the people that had the best market share of refinance business would be getting 20% of their pipeline as refi. So it's interesting, just keeps hanging on. You know, that being said, with that lower 10 year this week, um, we we did, we found mortgage rates were a little bit more favorable. Um, the APOR is the, um, I suck at acronyms, what is it? The annual percentage offer rate the the feds are publishing this number now by way of the cfpb so that you can have a good reference point for where they put the 30-year fix this week for our current week that apor rate federally is published at 3.63 percent for a 30-year fix that's so wild that's apr that's not just quoting an inch that would suggest that the predominant coupon being issued right now is like a three and a half percent mortgage, or if it is a three point six two five thirty year fix, that there's effectively no cost at that. Um, around here, we're not seeing no cost at three and five eighths. You know, the no cost transactions are up a little bit higher, three point eight seven five or four percent. Um, but it's fascinating to me to see how low these rates are. Um, it just, they just keep hanging on. It's like the Energizer Bunny, man. They just keep going. Low rates. Um, I suppose I haven't done this cattle call for a while. Do we need to do a commercial break? I saw you. your trigger Maybe finger was should. moving over there. Let's do a commercial nice. break. It's 1040. We'll do the last one of the hour here. Um, and then when we get back, we'll wrap up this episode of Mortgage Matters. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending. Give yourself the best possible chance to buy your dream home with our 21-day close. We get you fully pre-approved before you find your house so you can write a shorter, easier offer and beat out the competition. It's time for you to be the offer that gets accepted. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Central Coast. 
Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker. California Bureau of Real Estate number 018-39608. NMLS number 328358. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. Seems everything I buy these days has got a foreign name. From the kind of car I drive to my video game. I got a Nikon camera. Can I do it? A Sony Color TV. Who is this? Okay, it's twice. Oh, okay. But the one that I love is from the USA. It's standing next to me. It's American made woman. American made. My baby is American made. Yeah, there you go. We're back now. Merle Haggard died this week on his he birthday. Did. Yeah, he actually did. That's sad. And Bakersfield Sound there with um, Buck Owens. Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad. You should have uh, well, should have taken that opportunity and played some Merle for us today. You know, and I should have played brains. some Merle. I forgot I until right now. I didn't what think a, about it until right now, but oh, yeah. I would have reminded you. Country music legend. Yep. And how do you die on your birthday, too? <laughs> That's, That's pretty wild. Yeah. I wanted to continue continue on the rate talk a little bit. Yeah? Yeah, just because, you know, it, it comes up a lot of times people want to know when they should lock in an interest rate. Uh-huh. Because that's part of the process is deciding when to lock the rate. And, you know, clients look for loan officers to guide them on that. And no loan officer has a crystal ball, but what we do have is a lot of a lot of market metrics to help us. Mm -hmm. And so this 10-year note is one of the biggest metrics we have. And there's, you know, there's some, some folks on TV who suggest that interest rates could go lower. You know, there's some people talking about the 10-year note getting all the way down to 1%. Mm. 
Whoa. But at the same time, we're anticipating the next Fed rate increase. And granted, the Fed does not set mortgage rates, but it still seems far-fetched to me that that 10-year note's going to go significantly lower. And we're currently in this trading range that's been described to us by, by traders on Wall Street. These are people who are very in tune with the market, that the range that we're in currently is roughly between 1.65 and 1.95. And you said that 10-year note closed at 1.73. We're at the bottom end of a 30 basis point trading range. And yeah, if that if that 10-year note breaks below 1.65, then you could see it falling, you know, maybe another 10, 20, 30 basis points. But as long as we're in this range and we're at this 1.7-ish level, we're at the bottom end of the range. And that means that it could just as easily go to 1.85 as it could go to 1.69 when we're at 1.73. So basically what I'm saying is now is a good time to lock. Now is a good time to act if you're considering a refinance or you're considering even a purchase and, and you're, you're playing the rate game. Now is a good time. Um, I, I have a hard time seeing the scenario where we break through the 1.65 level and things go significantly lower. Yeah, and when rates change, by the way, I mean, I, I always like to help people understand, kind of put a little context into this, but um, bear with me for a minute here while I explain to you that interest rates themselves really never change. They're the same. They're the same as they were 10 years ago. What changes is the cost associated with every interest rate. So today we can get you as low, most rate sheets are pricing down to three and a quarter for a 30 year fixed. And a three and a quarter would have you paying about five points. So take your loan amount, 500 grand, get a three and a quarter. We're gonna charge you five percentage points of your loan amount, which in this case, five points on 500 grand talking $25,000 in good hard cash right up front to buy yourself that low rate. And I'm starting here to make an example of this because, you know, the no points interest rate, like I said, a few minutes ago was closer to 3.875, maybe 4% when you're talking a $500,000 loan. The difference there is going to be probably 250 bucks a month. Right, that's going to be about the difference between three and a quarter and and four percent. Um, thereby, it, it's going to take you ten years. So you're basically what you're doing is you're prepaying ten years worth of interest to get that low rate. The banks know this. I mean, it's pretty mathematically dependable. Um, most of these break-even points run at about ten years. So you're going to buy ten years of advanced interest so that for the remaining 20 years of the loan, you'll then get uh, actual savings of 250 bucks a month. So on year 11, you start saving 250 a month. 12, 13, 14, 15, isn't it then by this logic, it's year 20 before you break even, right? I mean, because you, you basically 10 years was what you prepaid the bank and you worked that off. Now you need, now you need 10 years of being the winner of 250 a month. And now you're on firm footing with the bank. So it's going to be years 20 to 30 where you're actually the true champion of that transaction. What's the likelihood that you're going to 
not only own that home, but have that loan, and you're going to do it for a full 30 years with that specific loan. History would say chances aren't good, although history um, doesn't factor in such low rates. Yeah, 50-year lows in interest But rates. at the same time, though, Dan, humor me here. If you've got $25,000 to prepay 10 years worth of interest, you don't strike me as the kind of financial person that's going to make regular minimum payments for 30 years. No, I would say you'd, you'd be better served to just pay down your principal by 25 grand. And... Or take a shorter loan term if yeah, you're sitting on those like kind that. of ducats. Definitely. Like you talked last week a lot about the change in total interest costs of a 15 versus a 30-year loan. If you've got $25,000 to prepay 10 years worth of interest, we should begin putting our focus on talking about shorter loan terms or other strategies that are going to help you yeah. um, accomplish your financial goals. Definitely. So, you know, and again, that and that's what a good loan officer is going to do is protect you from yourself. So going back to my, my opening remarks here, the interest rates never change. The cost does. And wasn't there a time three years ago, Dan, where you could get a, f a three and a quarter for no points? Yeah. There was. So again, the rates didn't change. The cost did. That's the net change in what's happened. So from the day-to-day, -day, what happens? Um, like you, you brought up refi, it's a good time. We're at the bottom end of a range. If you're in a transaction, if you're in a purchase transaction, fantastic time to pull the trigger on a lock. If you're in a refi, I'd give it some really strong consideration to pulling the trigger on a lock. We're at the bottom end of a range. Not a lot of likelihood it's going to go down. More likelihood it's going to go up. If you risk it, what happens on Monday? Okay, so the market opens on the East Coast. It opens before a lot of us are awake and behind our desks. We wake up to a rate sheet. The stock and bond markets are firing away. If that 10-year um, bond yield is going up, then what we see is reprices for the worse. So we'll get notification that, hey, every interest rate you have just got worse in cost by a quarter of a point. So the rate is still the same. You're still going to get your three and three quarters, but the cost just went up by a quarter of a percent of your loan amount. So my loan amount, stick with my same scenario, my loan amount of $500,000, so quarter of a point on on 500 grand. Yeah, 250 bucks? 1250 1250 So, wow, that's a pretty big change. I mean, that constitutes about half of the total transactional cost in and of itself. Let's say that day the market keeps going. Just gets worse and worse and worse. Now it's a half a point to buy that same three and three quarters that day, a half point, 2,500 bucks? Eesh, that's a lot of money. So then you're gonna ask the question of, okay, the range has moved now that, what's what's the price for three and three, or three and seven eighths? Oh, that's now back to no points. So now you, by way of cost, have moved yourself into another rate to, to make sense of all of that. Um, that's what I mean. That's what changes. That's what you're betting. So how much of the market are you going to play hoping to save $1,200 in closing costs or save $2,500 in closing costs? That's going to be to the downside. It's like gas prices. They're really fast to rise, really slow to drop. 
catching it on the dropping side on the perfect day is a pretty big feat. Getting caught in the day-to-day increases, um, pretty common. By the way, it's a very emotional thing because once it goes up by an eighth or a quarter, your costs go up by 500 or or 1000 bucks. Do you wait in tomorrow? I hope it went back down tomorrow. What if it goes up the same again tomorrow? So now you're on day three. Do you lock in and, you know, essentially sell your stock at that crap price and lock that? Or do you wait for day four where it might just get a little better? And now all of a sudden you could be two, three, four thousand dollars worse for the same rate. So now you're forced to move up to the next rate, which then costs you 25 or 50 bucks a month. Um, this is the kind of thing that people really need to know about and pay a lot of attention to um, and where a skillful loan officer that can can articulate that well and help people understand that is worth a lot right there. You don't get that at uh, a quick and loan officer or, you know, cash call loan officer. We've got time for one quick call, and he's gone. Hung up. Maybe not. <laughs> That's the international tone wow. for I'm tired. He was waiting on, on hold. You. Sorry about that, Greg. Yeah, All right. He was on hold. Hmm. All right. So, yeah, I mean, that's the deal. So knowing that, if it's good and it's affordable, and how about this? You fill out an application or you get pre-qualified and then the market has some good little movement like it did this week where things are a little bit more affordable than they were last week. So you just lock it. And um, on the upside, you lock at a quarter of a point better in interest rate than you were because the credit for the rate you were at is so high that you can't even use it all. And so it's a, it's just a great, it's a great set of circumstances. That's the environment that we're in. So you either want to hop in and take advantage of it, or if you miss it, you could find yourself just spending more money to get what was free today. That's, that's really what happens. And I again, I'll go back to that. Today's market paid twenty five grand for that three and three quarters, whereas a couple years ago that three and a quarter was free. That's a big difference. I always like to tell this story about um, a friend of mine back in two thousand and eight. Um, owned a house out in Avila. I won't say his name because he's pretty well known here in town. But he had a house in Avila Beach, had a $775,000 loan, came to me, wanted to buy down his interest rate because we was sure that rates were only going to go through the roof um, as we, you know, went through the coming years. And boy, was he wrong. Um, paid over $50,000 in points to get his interest rate down wow. to a four and a half. Wow. A year later, the four and a half was free. Two years later, he would have made 50,000 bucks to get a four and a half. And you just can't help but see that it was just throwing good money after bad, Uh, which, by the way, is why the Wall Street guys that build these prices know that if you're going to pay for it, if the market is the same or um, worse, you're going to break even in 10 years typically for paying exorbitant <laughs> points. They just know that. Um, and, and I didn't get into this much already, but um, if it's a 10-year break-even period, not only are you not with that 10 grand in some alternative, could have done with that 10 grand in some alternative investment for 10 years. So going back to that first example of the guy that's paying $25,000 to buy down the loan, it's going to break even in 10 years. 
that's a pretty big gamble. Um, what could you do? Like if, if I just gave you $25,000 for 10 years, what could you do with that? Well, we've figured out you could probably buy uh, two to three new kitchens. <laughs> Kitchen's worth of appliances, anyway. I'm just curious, you know. I mean, what can you do with twenty five thousand dollars in a CD? Can you get one percent yet in a mm, CD? Maybe a, sure. a ten year CD. Maybe if you could, you get, get a brand new car. Yeah, you you keep talking about depreciating things, though. <laughs> I'm trying to talk about an investment into something where it's going to grow. Yeah, man, interest or I you mean, you can make a down payment on a house. How about that? Income tax free <laughs> muni bonds. Okay, those are making like four or five percent. All right, a year. So you compound that and run that out over ten years. If you did that and suffered, you know, just normal market prediction, you'd be at, I don't know, 35, 40,000 bucks. That's that, the alternative of what you do instead of just prepay your interest. I don't know. I'd, I'd probably err like on the, that uh, side. I like the idea of the uh, shorter term loan. If you have, if you have excess reserves and you can afford to do something like that, but just getting a shorter term. Yeah, however, you socked money. away twenty five grand and are considering prepaying your interest. I'm curious to know if that trend may continue. Let's talk the savings of a fifteen year loan. Yeah, where your five hundred thousand dollar loan on a thirty year is going to end up costing you a million bucks versus your five hundred thousand dollar loan on a fifteen year. Again, if you can afford it, you're Cost talking you seven hundred grand. Not even probably six sixty. That's a big difference. And you could retire sooner and all that kind of thing. I mean, it's it's worth exploring. All right, you guys, if you, uh, again, if you want any kind of loan help, um, the people that particularly I'm looking for are the people that have mortgage insurance, people that have adjustable rate loans, people that have lines of credit that they'd like to roll into their loan, um, people that are needing to... Uh, refinance for any reason, you know, getting somebody off of title, putting somebody on title, um, getting into a shorter loan term, wanting just to lower your payment. Uh, there's a whole host of reasons why you should call us. If you're in any of those buckets, do so. One number rings all of our offices. It's 543-LOAN, 543-5626. Otherwise, Go familiarize yourself with our website, centralcoastlending.com. There's a lot of great information on there. Might help get you going on exploring products, calculators, rates, uh, economic articles, anything like that. Uh, otherwise, we'll be back next week with another episode of Mortgage Matters. Thanks so much for being with us. Have a great week.